You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As expected, Roquan Smith is done for the season. But if the game against the Dallas Cowboys was any indication, the Chicago Bears should be okay at linebacker. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we are going in-depth on Roquan Smith's move to injured reserve. We'll reflect on his season as a whole. We'll take a look at what the Bears will be rolling with in his place and some of the wider implications of that move. And we'll wrap up with as much of an update as we can get on a couple of guys coming off of injured reserve, potentially, with Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan supposedly making progress. Last Thursday against the Cowboys, Roquan Smith came off the field after the Bears' first defensive drive. And when we heard it was a chest injury, even as soon as right after the game, Matt Nagy said it wasn't looking very good. And as we suspected, his season is done as he was placed on injured reserve on Monday. And it brings to the end uh, a sophomore season that certainly had its ups and downs. Of course, there was the situation with the personal issues that sort of derailed a, a portion of his season, but we also saw a lot of the high flashes of the young linebacker that got drafted eighth overall, the, the guy we thought he could be from Georgia, and it's always disappointing to have the season come to an end like this, in a, in a way like this that's out of his control, and hopefully won't slow down his development and, and won't dissuade him in any way from coming back faster and stronger and better next season. Hey, man, how would you, how would you sum up Roquan's second year? I know you guys had huge expectations for him going into the year, had a really good rookie season. Mm-hmm. There were some ups and downs, but how, overall, how would you kind of characterize the year he had? Overall, I really thought that uh, you, you, you felt him, especially here the last several games, really turning on, really playing fast. He's always had that. Every play that he gets, um, every game that he plays for the rest of his career, he's only going to get better and better, in my opinion. Uh, learning a new system uh, can be challenging as well. So putting all that together, like you said, we had you know, some things throughout the year that, that have, uh, for everybody, have been a challenge. But he's battled through that, and um, I, like, I, like the way he's, I like where he's at, and it's just unfortunate that it ended like that. Man, what did you sense from his place within the team? The, the defense obviously has some Pro Bowl guys, veteran guys, and some vocal leaders. And you look at Danny, specifically at that position, is probably more established. But where's Roquan in terms of his position, you know, within the team? Sure. No, it, it's uh, – well, last year coming in, missing training camp, and then, uh, you know, being a rookie – with an experienced defense, that can be challenging, and he he, he did a he did a good job. And then coming into this year, you could sense that uh, his his um, his personality you could see it extend a little bit more. You could see the relationships he had with those guys. You could see Danny Trevathan really take him under his wing, and that was that was very important. So he's a guy that's really been growing. Uh, Coach DeLeon's done a really good job at developing these these inside linebackers, and uh, so you know I, I just I really am excited with our future with him and uh we just got to get him back on track now healthy health wise man as it turns out how much of a residual effect was there of that personal issue he had what did it seem to take him a few games to kind of get back to where he was and and just overall how much did that affect his progress in general 
I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into that too much other than for me, what I just, just focusing on his, his production on the field. Um, you know, we all have some games where we feel like we could play a little bit better, a little bit faster, and we all have our own challenges on and off the field. He's not the only one, but uh, I like the fact that, you know, um, with his, with his challenges, his own personal challenges, you know, he, he came out and I thought he had a, a good year this year, flew around. It was unfortunate that it really took until maybe halfway through the season. I kind of think back to the Chargers game in particular when it really felt like Roquan Smith had turned it on and was back to the Roquan Smith that we had come to expect and the Roquan Smith that we had wanted to see more progress from, especially just sort of going back to last year. Like Matt Nagy mentioned, Roquan not having the training camp last year, he was sort of working from behind, and it felt like almost again this season – it was working from behind in a different way. <laughs> Not that he was he was around, but with whatever off the field issues and whatever struggles he was having early in the season, it took some time for him to kind of get back up to speed. But unlike last year, this time it's it's cut short at the end. And the the bigger question becomes how this will affect him into the off season. Matt Nagy didn't have any real concrete update on what kind of a timeline at this point that might provide. But from the brief research I've done, looking around at some other NFL torn pec injuries, it seems like a four- to six-month timeline following surgery seems to be kind of standard. And so if we kind of calculate that out for Roquan Smith, that would likely be missing some OTAs and the voluntary workouts and stuff but potentially back in time for training camp to still be geared up for the 2020 season. So it's not as terrible as it could be for Roquan Smith from an injury standpoint, but it's never a good thing for a young player to have to miss time and to have to recover. And of course, the Bears will be hoping to get Roquan Smith back as fast, furious, and exciting as ever next year. In the meantime, it feels like the middle of this Bears defense is in good hands with what we've seen lately from Nick Kwiatkowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. We'll dive into what we saw from them against the Cowboys and some of the greater implications for the future of the linebacker position next on Locked On Bears. Look out for Locked On Podcast Network stories on Google's new audio news experience, Your News Update. It's a seamless way to listen to the news assembled in the moment based on your interests, your location, and top headlines. Try today on the Google Assistant app by selecting your profile, then tapping News, News Playlist Format, Your News Update. Make sure you search Locked On in your available sources and add Locked On to your news update. Of course, Roquan Smith is a big loss for the middle of this Chicago Bears defense But this team kept six inside linebackers on the 53-man roster for a reason. And that's because it seems like they've got some really, really solid depth here on the middle of that defense. They even added another linebacker to the active roster after Roquan Smith went down just because apparently Chuck Pagano wants even more depth there. They added uh, Devontae Boyd, who was uh, previously with the Buccaneers. He was a six-round pick, and he had been suspended at one point, and mostly been kind of a a special teams guy and not going to make a direct impact on this Bears team right away or anything like that, but sort of filling in on the bottom of the roster. And they really found something, I think, 
I don't want to say special, but really rare under the radar in a guy like Kevin Pierre-Lewis that you can kind of pick up on the end of free agency on a cheap one-year deal who can be a great special teams player and then step in to your starting lineup now and has played at a pretty high level in a couple of different instances this season. You may remember back in week four, I believe against the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin Pierre-Lewis came in that game and was part of the linebacker rotation and played pretty darn well and, and kind of picked up again where he left off against the Dallas Cowboys, really doing a little bit of everything very well. You know, he's he's not the biggest linebacker out there. He, he looks a, a little bit small, but he moves well. He's not Roquan Smith athletic, but he moves well and can hold up just fine in coverage, is able to be physical and, and downhill at times in run defense. He's not a guy that's going to run over and blow up offensive linemen to make a, a huge play in run defense, but he can kind of hold up there and, and do enough to fill his gap. He's not going to be going above and beyond to make the big plays, but he'll do his job in, in, in that area. And so when you're talking about really the number four inside linebacker on your depth chart, that's maybe the best fourth inside linebacker of any team in the NFL and a guy who's playing like a starting quality linebacker. And then you have Nick Kwiatkowski, who's playing himself into a nice second contract somewhere. We don't know for sure whether it's going to be Chicago or not, but playing much like the starting quality linebacker that we knew he was capable of. And we've seen in the last handful of weeks how much we can lay to rest the criticism of his ability in coverage. Yes, he has physical limitations in terms of speed, but he's smart and instinctive enough to make up with make up for it and be able to cover your average players coming out of the backfield. There's not very many linebackers who can stick with the Tariq Cohens of the world. There's just they don't make very many linebackers that can do that. And Nick Kwiatkowski can't do that. But he's just as good as the majority of every other linebacker in coverage. He checks the box. He's not elite in coverage, but he does a darn good job and he's a very consistent tackler. Both he and Kevin Pierre-Lewis have been very solid tacklers, really not missing a lot. And that was one thing from Roquan Smith, more so during his rookie season, where there were a few more missed tackles than you would have liked, but no drop-off in any way, shape, or form with Kevin Pierre-Lewis or Nick Kwiatkowski when it comes to the tackling. And the Bears' defense is left feeling pretty good, right? Kwiatkowski has been the signal caller, even with Roquan Smith in there. I mean, Kwiatkowski and Danny Trevathan are the guys that wear the helmets with the radios and that call the plays and communicate those things across the defense. That won't be changing with Roquan Smith going out. But it does raise more of these questions about what the future of the Bears linebacking core is going to look like with Danny Trevathan set to be a free agent this year and Nick Kwiatkowski set to be a free agent this year and now throw Kevin Pierre-Lewis right in that mix Roquan Smith, is he going to be ready to take over the defensive play calls if you don't bring back those guys, especially if Roquan Smith has to recover from an injury in that process? You'd have to think one of Trevathan or Kwiatkowski is coming back, but it's sort of a tough situation for the Bears because Trevathan, of course, is the leader and one of the vocal guys in the middle of this defense, but he's going to turn 30 this offseason. He's now had another injury added to a long career of injuries where 2018 last year was only his second career season playing a full 16-game slate. Some real knee problems early in his career with Denver, and we've seen him land on injured reserve multiple times now with the Chicago Bears. 
and you, it's not a knock on Danny Trevathan, the player, when he's healthy and or the person, the way he leads the team, but it's just a reality with him as a player that durability has been a question mark. But then do you let go of one of the leaders of your defense and, and then turn it all over to Nick Kwiatkowski? But Kwiatkowski, what, what kind of a price tag is he going to generate? It would seem like Trevathan, given his age and injuries, maybe a little bit more affordable, maybe not necessarily like he's going to get less salary than Kwiatkowski, but his salary isn't going to be nearly as high as perhaps his quality of play is. He's going to be good value. You're going to get good. Your dollars are going to go far with Danny Trevathan. So it's all an interesting dynamic at inside linebacker. And the better Kwiatkowski plays and really the better Kevin Pierre-Lewis plays, the more money they're playing themselves into. And then you've got your Joel E.A. Booneyway just sort of sitting on the bench playing special teams for the second straight season and a fourth-round pick two years ago. You'd like him to pan out and get some defensive playing time at some point to be able to be a factor as that player taken, what, just outside of the top 100, 115th? Overall, you know, that that needs to start panning out eventually. And even young Josh Woods, the undrafted free agent who flashed some in the preseason, there's a lot of bodies at this position that you'd sort of like to see how they go. But are you going to lock yourself into Danny Trevathan or Nick Kwiatkowski long-term next to Roquan Smith and continue to leave EA Booneyway? But you don't want to just leave a hole, a starting spot, just on the whim that EA Booneyway or other young linebackers would be able to step in and fill that so there's, there's a lot of different dynamics at play, and the free agent market will help determine quite a few of those, and I think their performances as the season finishes up, if Danny Trevathan is able to return before the end of the year, and if Nick Kwiatkowski can continue a, a really high level of inside linebacker play, or if, if those things start to wane here and there, or if Kevin Pierre-Lewis struggles and Joel E.A. Booneyway then gets some opportunities. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways this could kind of go, but I think right now there's reason to at least feel confident that based on what we've seen lately, the Bears are going to be able to get competent linebacker play with their third and fourth inside linebackers in the starting lineup. And you do have to give Ryan Pace some credit there for building strong depth on this team, particularly defensively. And really, you know, the linebackers coach as well, getting the most out of some young talent and some different names all thrown into the mix here. And it's been about as close to seamless as you could hope, given the situation. And it could very well change again soon, depending on what happens with Danny Trevathan. We'll check in on his injury recovery and how far along Akeem Hicks is coming next on Locked On Bears. When the Chicago Bears hold full practices on Wednesday, that'll be our first concrete update on where in the process Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan are in their injury recovery. But from everything we've heard at this point, it's much more likely that we will see the defensive lineman this week against the Green Bay Packers, and the linebacker is a little bit more up in the air at this point. The only thing Matt Nagy has sort of said about Trevathan this week it's just that he wouldn't rule out the possibility of him returning to practice this week. The quote was, I don't know that for sure yet, which is not what I would call a strong endorsement and a strong indication that Trevathan is going to be ready to go and turn anything around just yet. But the fact that he's getting closer is still an update. The fact that it's not ruled out is still 
progress, measurable progress that maybe we'll, we will get to see him for week 16 or maybe just week 17 or a playoff game, maybe and obviously a few a few steps ahead there. But, you know, the, the, the possibility is still open. But I think the bigger possibility right now is Akeem Hicks coming back and nothing is guaranteed for this Green Bay Packers game. But the fact that Hicks is already starting to kind of get into the swing of things. And I, I think Matt Nagy is trying to intentionally be a little bit coy about how confident he is that Hicks will play this week, just so maybe Green Bay won't automatically assume that Hicks is going to play, although they would probably be smart too anyway. Here's what Matt Nagy said real quick about the possibility of Hicks practicing this week and, and what he needs to see from him. What's the outlook on the team this week as you guys kind of build toward Saturday? And yeah, there? really the, the same type of deal. I mean, the mentality, Rich, for him is, is um, you know, try to get stronger each and every day. You know, he hasn't been through any of the live stuff at all. So just uh, each day, try to stay positive, try to stay get stronger, and then just see where it takes us by the end of the week. But hopefully he'll be ready to go. Like we talked about last week on the podcast, Hicks hasn't ever been through as serious and major of an injury as this one. So we don't have a lot to base our I guesses off of. But I would get the impression that Akeem Hicks is not necessarily a player who needs to have a full week of practice or anything close to a full week of practice to be able to play on Sunday. He could be out or limited for all three of the practices, and it still wouldn't surprise me if he gets the go on Sunday, you know, especially if they give him the questionable designation for the game. If he gets the doubtful, then I'm I'm willing to be doubtful, as the designation suggests. But I do think this is a player who is going to do everything within his power to be able to be on the field. And as long as the doctors say it's okay, then I think that would be the only obstacle for at least giving Hicks some playing time. He's not going to step in and play 80% of the snaps like he usually does. You know, he's he's going to have to be still, I think, a little bit in a rotation with Bilal Nichols and Roy Robertson-Harris, etc., as he gets a little bit more back into football shape, especially if he's not able to practice fully this weekend. Again, we'll, we'll kind of get updates that starting on Wednesday and, and through Friday. But I would imagine either way, like the question there, specifically getting ready for Saturday, I think Saturday is when we would see the Bears activate him from injured reserve. That seems like the kind of move where they would wait as long as possible to, again, try and give the Green Bay Packers as little time to truly prepare and know that Hicks is going to be the opponent you know, by activating him. There's no advantage to activating him early. You might as well wait as long as possible. And then the question becomes, you know, who, whose roster spot is going to have to go if Hicks is brought back up from injured reserve? You wonder if tight end Bradley Sowell is going to just get cut for the 12th time this season or if maybe they'll put uh, Abdullah Anderson back down to the practice squad or how they want to work that. But I would suspect Akeem Hicks back this week. Danny Trevathan's still probably going to be another week or two, but at least he's getting closer, and we'll have maybe some more answers about the inside linebacker position once that happens or once we get some sort of concrete, real update on where he is and, and whether or not his chances of coming back are as real as they appear at this point. 
However it plays out, you know we'll have you covered on every angle right here on Locked On Bears. So make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Tomorrow we'll have our Crossover Wednesday podcast with Locked On Packers, trying to get everything we can about Green Bay in what's probably going to be the biggest game of the Bears season. I think every game from here on out is going to collectively be the next biggest game of the Bears season because everyone is a must-win. But you throw the rematch with Green Bay on top of that, and a Green Bay team that has been a little bit more shaky than their record might suggest. I think it's going to be a pretty fun, good matchup, and it's going to be, again, another big test for Trubisky against Green Bay, where he's had some struggles at times, and of course, Aaron Rodgers going up against this Bears defense, where he's had some success. It's going to be, I mean, it's it's everything that we wait for all football season. It's the games we get fired up for. It's the games we are excited for, and I hope you will be even more excited after a week of Locked On Bears podcasts. So keep powering through your work week. I hope the podcast can help you get through it. And the light is at the end of the tunnel with a big Sunday matchup. And I hope one way or another, each and every day, this podcast helps you find one extra opportunity to bear down.